0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The most significant temptation we face as Christians is to forget who we are, and therefore to forget what we're fighting for. Consequently, we end up fighting the wrong battle. This is the reason our epistle reminds us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The Epistle highlights two battles. The first battle is against flesh and blood, and this refers to visible enemies that we can see and identify. The most obvious flesh and blood enemies are evil people who kill innocents and take advantage of the vulnerable. However, our list of visible enemies also includes the corrupt government, the rules unjustly, the boss, who doesn't recognize my brilliance, the spouse who doesn't give me what I want, or any person who makes my life just a little bit more difficult. The visible enemy can also be a disease, a financial challenge, or anything that stands between me and what I want. We fixate our attention on our visible enemy, and our happiness, comes to depend on how we fare in the battle against them or him or her or it. The second battle the epistle mentions is against the principalities and powers. These are the devil and his rebellious angels. The invisible enemy works within our visible battles. As we pursue goals, and people and things get in our way. This enemy tempts us to become angry, bitter, resentful, and depressed. This enemy tempts us to strike back, to take justice into our own hands, and to grab what we want at any cost. This enemy makes us feel entitled and fills us with complaints and grievances. One of the devil's main weapons is our lack of awareness. We are so busy fighting the visible battle that we lose sight of the invisible battle for our souls. Lack of awareness is combated by what the Bible and our epistle today call watchfulness. To be watchful is to be on the lookout in our prayers or how the invisible enemy is using our visible struggles to undermine our faith. Watchfulness also means learning to embrace our visible challenges as opportunities to grow in faith. We look for how God is using our visible battles to develop faith, to purify our hearts, and to cultivate within us the virtue of perseverance. The greater invisible battle can only be engaged by people who are committed to faith in Jesus Christ. Apart from Christ, we can't even see the invisible enemy. As 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. A central point of Jesus' ministry was the revelation that the devil is the real enemy. When Jesus engaged his main battle, he did not lead his followers in an assault on the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem or on the Roman legions in Caesarea. Rather, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to do battle with the devil, a battle that intensified later in his life at the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus understood that his death in obedience to the Torah was a triumphal act of conquest in the battle against the real and invisible enemy. Colossians chapter 2 describes this triumph and our baptism in this way. And you being dead in your trespasses, God has made alive together with Christ, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, it being the cross. The Jewish leadership wanted Jesus to set Israel free from the visible enemies they had identified. They wanted an answer to Roman oppression and Jewish unfaithfulness. However, Jesus died on the cross at the hands of the Romans and the unfaithful. They saw the cross as a defeat, but for Jesus, the cross was the true victory. We also triumph through the cross, as Jesus said. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? We vowed to take up this battle against spiritual evil and baptism. We were asked, do you renounce the devil and all his works, the vain pomp and glory of the world with all covetous desires of the same and the sinful desires of the flesh, so that you will not follow nor be led by them. We answered, I renounce them all. and will endeavor by God's help not to follow nor be led by them. And then we were signed with the sign of the cross in token that hereafter we shall not be ashamed to confess the faith of Christ crucified and manfully to fight under his banner against sin, the world, and the devil, and to continue Christ's faithful soldier and servant to our life's end. The chief temptation in the life of faith is to get distracted by the enemies of the soul, forget who we are, and fight for all the wrong things. This is the reason, Jesus said, to do this in remembrance of me. Here we gather to remember what Christ has done and to remember who we are in him. Demonic temptation is aimed at our faith. The principalities and powers are not interested in merely garden-variety sin. Those are just the beginning of demonic temptation. Once we bite on lust, gluttony, or sloth, the tempter becomes the accuser, filling us with guilt, shame, and fear, trying to convince us that we are now beyond forgiveness and beyond grace. The principalities and powers want to replace faith, hope, and love with doubt, despair, and self-absorption. This is why the first line of defense against the evil one is the regular practice of confession and the virtue of humility. Confession and humility keep us in the grace of God. Pride keeps us from confession because it keeps us from admitting who we really are. But God already knows who we really are and what we have really done. The only thing that keeps us from forgiveness is our own unwillingness to face ourselves. As 1 John says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The victory over evil that we experience through the cross is proclaimed in the beautiful words of Romans 8, where St. Paul writes, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ Jesus who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But as St. John writes, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world.